The following program is being brought to you on the Voice America Variety Channel. For more information about our network and to check our additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit voiceamericavariety.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit voiceamerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the following program are strictly those of the host or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management. Welcome to the Catherine Zox Show. This informative and entertaining show will start your mornings off on the right foot. Here's your host, Catherine Zox, your social worker with the microphone. I'm your social worker with the microphone, Catherine Zox. Here I am on VoiceAmericaVariety.com with my co-host, Lauren Beller-Blake. And you can call us if you want to talk to us any time during the show, 866-472-5787. 866-472-5787. Lauren, I spoke to Lauren. We just were talking before we just actually came on, but you still have that, that uh, bad stuff. Yeah, you still have that cough. It's been a long time. I think you need to take an antibiotic. Get rid of it. I don't. I really. I, you know what I'm taking? I, you know, I take oil of oregano. So I'm thinking if it's bacterial, it'll just knock it away. So I'm better. I've been on my oil of oregano for two days now, and we'll see if it doesn't work. But I'm okay. Yeah. I, I'm, I'm, you know, you shouldn't take an antibiotic just every time you get a cough. Exactly, or a yeah. But you might need it. There has been so much happening this week. It's amazing. Oh, my. Oh, lots going on everywhere, it feels like. Well, what about this guy, the one who is the uh, Craigslist killer? Oh, man, and I heard he's from Albany originally. He's not only... I'm from Albany. I'm I know. Here, I'm sitting here in Albany. He went Lauren, to Albany State. Yeah, well, Lauren used to be from Albany. We're talking about Albany, New York, because there are a lot of different Albany. Yes, there is. Craigslist, yeah. supposed, I guess I have to say, allegedly, Oh, it's awful. It gives me the creeps. Matter of fact, I've been shutting off the news lately. I can't. There's so much bad news. I can't even take it all in. I've been. I've been shutting it off. Well, his name is Philip Markoff. Weird thing. He went here four years to SUNY Albany, which I'm going to shut you off in a minute. Yeah. Four four years, but then he also he's a medical student at Boston University. That's my other alma mater. So the two schools that I went to, undergrad and graduate. Oh, interesting. Yes. And I was reading the morning paper this morning, the Times Union, and one of the guys who was his former college classmate, lab partner, yeah. he said, and he described him as a nerdy science lover, had no idea. Uh, he was just like in awe. He was just like blown away when, they, when uh, he found out about this guy. But this is, I was listening to one of those profilers, those profilers who profile like serial killers and uh-huh. stuff. I think it was on MSNBC. And she was saying, you know, Somebody said, well, he's so good-looking, and he's so well-composed, well and, and, you know, it just doesn't fit the, the kind of heinous crime that he committed or he has allegedly committed. And his, like, his girlfriend's saying the same thing. And she's a medical student as well. They uh-huh. were going to get married this summer. I mean, they had pictures of, you know, they had a wedding website that's been up, you know, all they were going to get married in July. She did, Lauren, but what this profiler said and I haven't heard it since, is these guys, like Jeffrey Dahmer was really good-looking, and he used to invite young boys to his house and then chop off their heads and eat them. Ugh. And uh, what's his name? 20 years ago in the 80s, they, uh, not Gacy, he was in Chicago, but there was the other one, Bundy, who killed oh, all Oh, yes, those. I forgot about him, yeah. He was a lawyer, and he was good-looking. Oh, interesting. Taught, well, because these, if you're going to entice somebody, if you're going to get these girls to come to go out with you or to respond to you, you've got to be good-looking. That fits the, that actually fits the profile. If you're like an ugly monster-looking person, no one's going to 
be attracted to you or no one's going to go with you. Well, then you're going to use the Internet exclusively, and then you're going to just, you know, it won't be, yeah, it's it's crazy. But you have one or the other because there's also people that are really not so attractive at all that are doing all these uh, disgusting Internet, you know, with the little kids. And those, right, they tend no, to be really not so attractive. Well, I what I saw in the paper this morning, I, one of the sheriffs at the Albany County Sheriff's Department, that's Albany, New York, folks, uh, Craigslist is a, a seamy side among the mundane. I guess what she's trying to say is that she, that there's just a lot of crime that goes on on Craigslist that perhaps it's not the best place to be. I mean, I always thought kids went there, you're looking for an apartment, whatever. But no, that, that it, this like a lot of crime that's committed as a result of... But don't you think, I was thinking about this, I mean, don't you think we could say there's a lot of crime when people work, are, are leaving ads in the um, erotic section of the, of the newspapers, but we don't talk about where those two met before. And now we're just linking it back to an online presence versus a physical presence that was the, mag- the, you know, the newspaper or something. I, yeah, I think, like, newspapers, personal ads, say, before... Uh, before the net, people would answer personal ads, and that also resulted in a lot of crime and, you know, people looking for other people to go out with, and oftentimes it was just for sex. I mean, most of the time it was for sex, and they would get in trouble, too. I guess the numbers, because there were so many people who respond, you're going to have higher numbers of crime on the net, and so that may be true. You're right. But just, Yeah, I was thinking about exactly that. Is it really Craigslist's fault? You know, I, because I, I mean, I post things on Craigslist. Not that I do it often. I just started doing it for, you know, not in the erotic section, that's for sure. But I think that if you're going to play in that field, you're, you're playing with fire. Well, so would you want your daughter, you, I mean, she's a little young now, but let's say when she's in high school, do you want her on something like Craigslist, searching for dates or doing? I mean, Definitely how would you... not. Because it's no. not the place you would go to do that. That's not the place to go to. I mean, that's just, it's different if you're, in a, you're trying to sell your kayak, you know what I mean? And someone else wants to buy a kayak. And, you know, I think that's a little different. What about if you're trying to sell your apartment and you go to the apartment? I mean, a friend of mine's daughter was in New York City looking for an apartment for the summer. So she found somebody on Craigslist who said, come and see the apartment. Because yeah, I get it. That's a, I mean, I think that that's. I haven't heard of anything linked to that particular, those kinds of categories, but I hear you, there's a risk there for sure. So what she did was she made sure that her older brother went with, was with her. her. Uh, and that she wouldn't go alone, and I would wouldn't never... Wouldn't you do that anyway? What? Wouldn't you do that anyway? Yeah, I would do that anyway. I'm not sure that I would go. I mean, now, even, look, you can go with your older brother, and the person there can have a gun. I mean, it's not necessary that... The, there are just lots of things that can happen knocking on someone's door that you found out about in the newspaper. Um, I don't know what I would do. Yeah, I, don't, it, I don't think I would go by myself anyway on, in that particular situation. I mean, whether I was finding them online or not, I would take somebody with me. I would take somebody with me. I would not, if I were doing you know, this online dating <clears throat> stuff, like Craigslist, not Craigslist, but just dating no, I have to share people. a story. This happened to me last week. I was remember I went to Knoxville last week. Yeah, and you were trying to find a new date or what? No, listen, this is the craziest story. I had it was nine thirty. My plane landed at ten o'clock their time, so Eastern time, and so it's dark out. I don't know the city. I need to take a taxi ride from the airport to the hotel, thinking it's safe. I've done it tons of times, you know, no big deal. I get in this taxi. It's a regular taxi you know, driver and looks like a taxi, feels like a taxi, smells like a taxi. Um, I start doing my friendly thing with the 
driver. I said, where are you from? I could tell he had an accent. He said, I'm from Iran. And we get yakking, no big deal. However, a couple red flags. The hotel told me it would cost $15. And I see $15 come and go. We're not like at $20. And he says, I'm not feeling so well. Do you mind if I stop the meter and pull over at a gas station? I don't feel well at all. I'm like, this isn't good. I was totally immediately apprehensive. Pulled apprehensive out my cell phone. or terrified? I would uh, or just... It was awful. He stops the cab. He parks under the lights, which I was happy about. I call my husband because I'm like, what do you do? I just want to stay on the phone with somebody. That's all I wanted to do. So he sat there. He got out of the car, walked around. I tried to get out of the car. He locked me in. <gasps> Lauren, you're I kidding. couldn't get out of the car. I couldn't even get to the windows because the back seat, the windows didn't roll down. It was very strange. So I said, you know, what should I do? He says, call 911. I'm like, I'm sort of afraid to do that at the moment. I'm looking around. I'm in a very dark area. Like, I'm just, the only thing lit is the, is the garage, you know, the it was like a um, gas, gas station. station. Was like there anybody like at the fast, Was there like anybody there? Was there anybody outside the car that you could see another person besides him? There were people in the store. There was a little like convenience shop. So anyway, I I was very uncomfortable. It was not a safe situation. And I thought, is he pulling my leg or what? He didn't leave the car area. He just was looking around, which I didn't like. He didn't. So finally, I knocked on the window and I said, "Excuse me, sir. How far are we from the um, hotel?" He says, "About five miles." And I said, "Are you okay to take me there now?" Or should I call another taxi? And he immediately got in the car and said, I'll do it. So I wasn't sure if I was going to get there, but I stayed on the phone. I did not hang up the phone, stayed on the phone the entire time, and got out of the car, threw him my money, and ran into the hotel room. Craziness. Didn't sleep the whole night. So why didn't you ask him to let you get out of the car and just go into that gas station where other people are? Well, I was hoping that I didn't want to stall the situation. I just wanted to get to the hotel room. You know, I just, I didn't want to stall, I didn't want to make the situation longer than it needed to be. And what do you mean? Like, you didn't want to make what situation? Because I, I, want to I have a question, would, would you, <laughs> uh, uh, you're in this car, the guy has locked you in the car, he's sick, he's not sick, who, you know, you know, you should have, I think you, I don't think you, I, I mean, you were lucky. You were lucky because I think you should have gotten out of the car. Your instincts were telling you something. This doesn't feel right. There's oh, something absolutely. That, but you went against your instincts. I'm sorry. Is that this happens? My sense is there's so much more. It had nothing to do with the internet. You know what I mean? There's crime everywhere. But there's let's take your particular. Okay, crime everywhere. How did you respond? Do you think that would you recommend that anybody responds that way? They say that once you're in the car, if someone is going to do harm to you then you're finished. There's nothing you can do. Like, never get in the car if you feel that there's any feeling well, of uncomfortable. Late. I was in the car, so if I even tried to, if I got into the, my thought is if I get out of the car and call 911 or at least go find another number for a taxi and just leave, that was my next option if I didn't, if he didn't get in the car and explain to me what was going back, you know, what was going on. So he said he thought he had, um, he was having, reflux and he didn't feel well he didn't want to get sick he thought he didn't feel well so i i was in some i guess some sense i was trusting him but other sense obviously my radar was way out there i think your radar was a little bit off i think that you needed to get out of that car knock on the window i have to go in and get a cup of coffee buy some cigarettes whatever you have to tell the guy and i'll be right back <laughs> so and funny. don't come give him leave the 15 dollars or whatever it was and leave don't stay. It's not worth it. Because if you get out of the car, think about this, Lauren. I mean, think about what you tell your daughter. Oh, I but think you... about where I was. had no clue where I was. It didn't seem like it was a neighborhood that I wanted to get out of the car in. It was right, just one 
there was nothing else around. It was a dark intersection on a major highway, and it was just, uh, you know, a gas station, a convenient gas station. There was nothing else around. I didn't even know where to tell them I was. That is really scary. I still say you've got a better shot at getting out of the car. Now, this guy obviously wasn't going to do anything to you, or if he was, he changed his mind, whatever. But get out of the car, call 911. I think think that's a a woman's thing. I think trying to give the benefit of the doubt. I've been in that, that exact kind of situation, but also where... Things don't feel right, and yet I'm going against what I feel like in like a, like like that kind of a situation where I shouldn't have let somebody in the house or I shouldn't have told them, given them too much information. I, I, I do what you do. I've talked too I, I'm going to talk too much. I've been in Florida at a hotel. A woman came up to me. She started asking me. We started chatting and talking, and this was in, in Miami, and I chatted and talked with her one more we got one more minute left but then after we left i realized i gave her too much information i don't know who this woman is what did i do that i mean it's i got sucked into it i had that and and i really that's really a dumb thing to do and is she going to come after me and and you know it's like you really have to be i think a lot more street savvy today than maybe you did that's why i was not hanging up. You know, I said to so my husband, do not hang up the phone. Do not. That was smart. That was smart. We're going to be right back. Lauren Beller Blake, Catherine Sox, VoiceAmericaVariety.com. Coming up next, Sarah's Waterfall, a healing story about sexual abuse. Your voice counts. Call toll-free 1-866-472-5787. 1-866-472-5787. VoiceAmerica.com. If you want to put the pep back in your step, Chad Lafferty's has just what you're looking for. Dance is life. Life is dance. It's only about dance. It's about moving through life with style, gaining awareness of the never-ending, ever-flowing movement that accompanies all of life's activities. Dance is Life, Life is Dance, broadcast every Saturday morning at 9 a.m. Pacific, 12 p.m. Eastern, on the Voice America Radio Network. Be sure to tune in and tap into the limitless healing that dance can provide. Can't stop now. Are you ready to go green? You've asked, and we've heard you. Voice America presents the Green Talk Network. Environmental topics are at the forefront of our society, and the Green Talk Network is here to keep you up to date on the latest trends and new innovations for the eco-conscious lifestyle. We'll help promote a variety of ideas on the environment, from global warming issues to how you can become more eco-friendly in your daily activities. Be a part of the solution, not the problem. Visit the Green Talk Network page on voiceamerica.com and tune in to help spread the green. What are you going to do when that big emergency strikes? Do you know how to prepare? Do you know when? What if we provided you a source to learn from and plan as you go? Listen for The Road to Ready with your host, Rick Tobin. Rick will offer a weekly source of reliable information and resources. You'll hear about new ideas and innovation in emergency management. Best of all, you'll have the tools to get ready for any emergency in small bites each week. The Road to Ready is heard every Friday at noon Pacific Time, 3 p.m. Eastern Time on Voice America. 
stimulating talk it gets those synapses in the brain inspired really fast. All the time. The number one internet talk station where your opinion counts. VoiceAmerica.com. Listening to the Catherine Zox Show. If you'd like to join our conversation this morning, call now. The toll free number is 866 472 5788. That number again is 866 472 5788. I'm Catherine Zox, your social worker with a microphone with my co host Lauren Deller Blake, and we're talking to you from Voice America Variety. Dot com And you can call us anytime during the show. Um, I was going to say after the show, you can't call us then, but uh, comments, questions, whatever, 866-472-5787, 866-472-5787. Uh, as many of you know, April is National Childhood Prevention, uh, Child Abuse Prevention Month. And so joining us this morning is Ellery Akers. Ellery is the author of Sarah's Waterfall, a, hearing, a healing story about sexual abuse. Now, this is um, a new children's book. Sarah's Waterfall has been described as a wonderfully sensitive, honest, and poignant depiction of a child's journey toward healing from the devastating impact of sexual abuse. It is a beautifully written, thoroughly readable story, a powerful, original, and important resource. And this is from uh, uh, the New England Counseling and Trauma Center. So uh, welcome to the show. Nice to have you on this morning, Ellery. Oh, thanks. It's great to be with you. Great to have you. Uh, also, I want to be a from Harvard and an MA from San Francisco State University. And we were in the break. The three of us were talking for like a couple minutes, and just found out, Ellery, that your book what has just won an, a major award. Yes, I was just thrilled a minute ago. I found that it won the 2009 Skipping Stones Honor Awards in the category of teaching and parenting resources. So I'm over the moon. Well, congratulations. That's Thanks. fabulous. Yeah, that is that's a really exciting. Um, so, Sarah's Waterfall, a heal- healing story about sexual abuse, abuse. Why did you write Sarah's Waterfall? You know, I'm a survivor myself, and, and I reached a point in my own healing. I wanted to pass on all the great tools that have helped me. So, being a, a writer and a researcher, I went to the library, and what I thought I'd find there for kids would be like, you know, lots, hundreds of books on the shelves because the the numbers are so amazing. Statistics show that two-thirds of reported rapes involve kids under 18, and a third of that number are under 12. This is from the Justice Department. So I just expected, you know, there are probably lots of things. And what I found was absolutely nothing. The shelves were empty. And what that meant to me were there are a lot of scared 9-year-olds, because 9 is the median age, walking around with nothing helpful to read to help them through this trauma. And that really clinched it for me. I knew I could write a healing story that could help young survivors identify with a strong heroine, and I included lots of messages that I think it's important kids know, like you're not alone, this has happened to lots of kids, it's not your fault, you're not dirty, and you can feel safe again. What about you, like your story, Sarah? You said nine years old is the time when sexual abuse most often. How about for you? I mean, were you nine years old, and was there anybody there for you when you were, when you were abused and afterwards to help you through the healing process? Well, you know, every survivor has his or her personal story, and they're all poignant, and they're all meaningful, but what's really common to all of us, and there are a lot of us, in fact, one uh, doctor uh, estimates 60 million Americans have been abused as children, is our ability to heal. So I feel it's never too early to heal and never too late. Most of my healing took place as an adult, and I discovered as an adult these wonderful new uh, exercises through somatic experiencing, which is a new system by a um, 
somatic psychologist called Peter Levine, which kind of resets the nervous system back to calm. Because what happens to kids in trauma is that the nervous system gets set on red alert. They're in danger all the time. And his gentle exercises and body awareness tools, which I've actually used myself, I think they're terrific, they really help survivors feel safe in their bodies again. So I really included a lot of these in the story. Because kids who have been sexually abused are hypervigilant, which is yes, what you're describing. Exactly. Exactly. It's as if the shock is still inside their body and they're traumatized still. Is this called somatic experience? It's called somatic experiencing. And what is that, somatic experiencing? Well, it is a really gentle way of kind of getting uh, the nervous system to relax again. And so he's, what he did was, is I think he's really a, a wonderful pioneer. He found in nature that animals, um, you know, which are always attacked, of course, uh, don't seem to hold on to trauma. They don't get stuck in it. And he found that animals have a way of processing trauma and that we can do that too. So he developed some of these wonderful exercises um, that I include in the story. Um, There's one where kids can feel like they're an oak tree and feel really grounded. And there's another shaking and trembling one, which uh, uh, Maggie Klein, one of his co-authors, calls the bowl of jello exercises where kids can shake and tremble and release some of this energy. So there are two heroines in your book, Sarah and Paula. Yeah. And they start off, they're scared, they're ashamed. Yeah. But by the end of the book, they feel strong, they feel safe again. So this is like a real, this is, obviously, this is a story for kids and and one of the very few that's out there. The rest of the material is mostly just for adults and statistics. Yeah, that's true. That kind of stuff. But I want to ask you, Sarah, what about, you? go back a little, you said 60 million children have been abused. What's wrong with ours? Where, Where does that come from? Why are we doing this? Yeah, that's something I really don't know, and that's such a good question. Um, I wish I knew why, and I I do know that there's a group called Generation 5, which was started by two women, which um, uh, is investigating some of these things, and they're a good resource. And I know that Peter Levine on his website has a lot of uh, good answers to that question. Um, I myself, I just, you know, it's a mystery. It seems so strange. I agree. Sarah, when you were writing the book, what did it do, since you are a survivor yourself, um, what was, I mean, the process for you must be very different than, say, somebody who wasn't a survivor, who hadn't been abused as a child. Did it help to help you in any kind of a therapeutic way? Um, You know, I'd already healed in order to write the book, but it gave a lot of meaning to my own recovery. I mean, I think when you have something hard in your life, it's as if it needs an ending, and it's if a question mark is hovering over your head, kind of, and and Sarah's Waterfall was kind of an answer to that question. It gave my own experience a lot of meaning. And one thing that was helpful to me, I, I realized that my own experience made me very intuitive about what's really safe for kids and what they need to hear and what they don't need to hear. So I was extremely concerned about the safety of the book. I had a therapist look over the book with me and look at all the illustrations and look at all the text to make sure it was safe. I didn't include anything explicit. There's is no really details about abuse because it focuses on healing. And then the press also had two outside psychologists check out the novel as well. So I think the impact it had on me was I really wanted to make sure this was comforting and reassuring and safe. So have you talked to any of the children who read the book or had any feedback from from kids or had the book read to them, um, and uh, and do you suggest that they read it with another adult? Or... Um, this is a great question. I think the ideal situation would be to read it with a therapist or with a parent, but I do feel it's safe to read by themselves. 
And so far, it's just come out. I haven't had any feedback from kids, but I've had feedback from survivors who've come up to me at readings, and they said, if only I'd had this book as a kid, my whole life would have been different. So I think it's, it's I know it's going to be really helpful. So what do you suggest for, ch- for children? And we're talking uh, to um, Ellery Akers, Sarah's Waterfall, a healing story about sexual abuse, and she's a survivor herself. Um, if children are being abused, if they are, they're in a situation where they're being abused, either usually it's not, although now with the news, I, I don't know if I, this is true necessarily, but usually not mothers or, or, or women, is it? It's usually a father or a brother or an uncle or uh, a friend of the families, a male. Is that true or is that, uh, is that a myth, too, that it can all... No, exactly. You're right. It's 93% is someone the child knows, a trusted person, a family member, you know, a counselor, you know, babysitter, someone the child knows. Only 7% is a stranger. And it's overwhelmingly men uh, who abuse. Uh, It's only 14% women. Uh, One thing kids can do if they are in this situation, uh, they can call the Child Help USA hotline, which is 1-800-4-A-CHILD, and it's anonymous, it's 24 hours a day, and kids can can really get help right away. And, of course, adults can call the Child Protective Services and make what's called an informational call. And kids have some more freedom to do that today. I mean, one of the, probably the pluses is, like, if a child feels like they're being or not feels if they are being abused. Uh, you know, you have your cell phone. You can make the call outside yeah. the house. You don't have to be in the house with somebody listening. I mean, it gives you some freedom to do that. Exactly. That's a hopeful thing. Yeah. So art and writing, a good vehicle to heal from child abuse. Why? I think creativity is the greatest thing since sliced bread myself, and I am both a writer and an artist. I think it's. I found it really healing, and I've also... Um, taught poetry to kids, and I've seen firsthand how writing about their problems helps kids feel more empowered. I think creativity is really a great vehicle, and abuse survivors are at great risk for drug and alcohol use later in life, and creativity is so much a better way of coping with overwhelming feelings, and they've done some studies that showing that writing really speeds recovery from trauma. And all through the story, Sarah, the heroine, is drawing images of safety, and they kind of help her feel safe again. And she's drawing some, you know, comforting images of being under a waterfall and having people help her. And so I feel like creativity is is, is just a wonderful way of processing, and it's been found to be by uh, psychologists also, um, abuse and trauma. So, Ellery, what do we do? Let's say we go to somebody's house. This is a friend. I'm going to just present you with a scenario, I mean, and uh, your, your girlfriend and her husband and their kids, and you go over there, and you're over there a lot, and you suspect that the husband is abusing their daughter for whatever reasons. Mm-hmm. What do you do? How do you handle it? I mean, do you, I mean to me, you have, do you have to be positive, and, or do you have to go to well, the police? This is, I guess what I would do, I think that one of the things that, that's available out there is Child Protective Services, and what that involves is a person can make what's called an informational call. Um, it, the first call is confidential, usually, and they simply describe what they've heard and seen, and then they can leave it up to the Child Protective Services to investigate further. I think that's a really good resource. So do you have to leave your name? Do you have to give your name? Do you have to I, you... I think it's different in different states, but originally the, in, the first uh, phone call, no, you don't. You just describe the situation, and then later on they talk to you. 
Because, Ellery, I think in most cases, or in many cases, people don't stand up or they don't say anything because they're afraid they don't want to get involved, they don't want to make false accusations, they don't want to become the person who's going to be blamed. Yeah, you know. I think this is true. And also, it's very common that kids do not report this themselves because they are so overwhelmed and confused. We have, uh, well, we have to say goodbye. This has been, uh, obviously, very uh, enlightening, informing. Uh, Sarah's Waterfall, a healing story about sexual abuse, and the author is Ellery Akers. And you said, Ellery, where can we get the book? I know we can get it at your website, which is what, elleryacres.com. And it's available on Amazon also, uh, but it's, I think, on waiting. The best way to get it is through my website right now. Okay, through your website. Any other website we should mention besides your website? Yeah, Safer Society Press. Safer Society Press. Well, you're doing good work. Oh, uh, thanks. Yes, thanks so much for being on the show this morning. Thank you. Bye-bye. Ellery Akers, Sarah's Waterfall, and and you can get it at elleryacres.com, which is her website, A Healing Story About Sexual Abuse. You're listening to Catherine Zox with Lauren Beller-Blake, and we're on voiceamericavariety.com, and we're not going away, so don't you either. We'll be back in a minute. Ask the experts. Call toll-free right now, 1-866-472-5787. Hello? And ask our all-star team to answer your question. That's 1-866-472-5787. Thank you for calling. VoiceAmerica.com. Go inside the world of PR with PR Insider, hosted by public relations expert Maureen Kettis. Maureen will speak to the world's highest profile PR pros from the fields of marketing, advertising, and sales. And PR Insider will feature renowned members of the media as special guests. Maureen will give you a VIP access pass, including tips and tricks to take your business to the next level. PR Insider with Maureen Kettis, sponsored by Cision, us.cision.com. Listen every Tuesday at 9 a.m. Pacific, noon Eastern Time on the Voice America Business Network. Is it really true that nearly half of all marriages end in divorce? Get the answers to this and other questions about relationships on Relationship Radio with Jim Duzak. The program's devoted to marriage, divorce, midlife dating, and men-women relationships in general. Jim and his guest experts will have plenty of information, insights, and advice for you, all as part of a lively and wide-ranging discussion about today's relationships. You can listen Friday afternoons at 2 p.m. Pacific Time, 5 p.m. Eastern, for Relationship Radio with Jim Duzak on Voice America. Inside all of us lives a warrior. We win battles with our careers, our finances, our children, our pets. It's time that the warrior within wins the battles with our own being. Modern-day Renaissance man Ori Hoffmeckler dispels eating urban legends and fitness myths in Voice America Network's The Warrior Within. Your guide to nutrition, energy, sex, and survival. Ori sets the record straight and will help you become leaner and healthier for a lifetime. The Warrior Within broadcasts live every Wednesday at 9 a.m. Pacific on The Voice America Health and Wellness Channel. Tune in for your guide to nutrition, energy, sex, and survival. Streaming live, the leader in Internet talk radio, voiceamerica.com. You're listening.
listening to The Catherine Zox Show. If you'd like to join our conversation this morning, call now. The toll-free number is 866-472-5788. That number again is 866-472-5788. We're back. I'm Catherine Zox, your social worker with the microphone. And it is the Catherine Zox Show. I keep forgetting to say that again. The Catherine Zox Show with Lauren Deller-Blake and Catherine Zox on voiceamericavariety.com. And you can call us anytime at 866-472-5787. Anytime we're here, 866-472-5787. Did you know today is Earth Day? I did know today was Earth Day. Wednesday, April 22nd, Earth Day. Now, listen to this. Echo Capitalist. This is like a very... Cool. This is. These are capitalists. I know, and this is so. This is something you'll be interested in, Lauren. Echo Capitalists from TerraCycle Incorporated. Uh, have you heard of them, TerraCycle Incorporated? TerraCycle. Terra. T e r r a. Cycle Incorporated. Never. Okay, but you're going to tell me about it. I'm going to tell you first. I'm going to tell you about a show that's going to be on tonight. National Geographic Channel Earth Day Special. Garbage Moguls. That premieres tonight, folks, 9 p.m. Eastern Time and Pacific Time. Okay, they've got this whole TerraCycle team. This is a business, a major business that started, I think, about seven years ago. This guy, Tom Zaki, and Zaki, Zaki, S-Z-A-K-Y, 27 years old, Princeton freshman, came up with this idea. He says, we take waste, we add design, and produce mass merchandise. They, what he does is they collect Waste. He started doing this when he was at Princeton, uh, and they recycle it into things that one can use, well, pocketbooks, all kinds of things. And he left, dropped out of Princeton, uh, which his mother probably could have shot him. <laughs> <laughs> I'm dropping out of Princeton to start this garbage business, which he did, kind of like, but like a, a Bill Gates kind of thing, right? Started the business had two employees, now they have more than 50. It's a multi-million dollar venture. Their, their uh, clients are Walmart, Office Max, the Home Depot, Target, and on Garbage Moguls, which Amazing. is premiering tonight, listen to this, it tracks the team's work on two prototypes, a messenger bag for Office Max made from old billboard materials and seat belts, and a kite made entirely of Oreo wrappers for, all, for uh, Walmart. Amazing. Isn't that cool? And I actually have, I got it in Provincetown uh, two summers ago, uh, old billboards. I have two pocketbooks made out of old billboard material. And what really? it is, oh, they're gorgeous. And not only are they gorgeous, and I'm gorgeous, and they're <laughs> gorgeous, they are practical because they are sort of like a plastic kind of thing, so you can wipe them off. They are very cool. But anyway, that's what this guy is doing. So this is such a cool story. That is a great story. TerraCycle, TerraCycle. Watch it tonight, but it's called The Garbage Moguls. Uh, the coolest little startup in America. I love that. That is so in. <clears throat> and good for him for leaving college to go do it. Yeah, and it was successful. So anyway, so I'm looking at this thing, and I, I you know, got the info. Somebody sent it to me, this, this, this show that premieres tonight. But, Lauren, there are now, there's a blog called Garblog. Garblog. Go to Garblog, and it's all about garbage and people blogging about it and what you can do with it and how you can turn it into good stuff like this guy did. It's a whole new industry. It's a whole new industry. <laughs> it absolutely is because we, our Earth needs to not have so much garbage, so we have to think about our garbage in such a new and different way. Yeah, well, it, then it doesn't become garbage. Exactly. It's like, yeah, right? It's, it, then it becomes good stuff because you're just recycling everything. 
You know, and we ha- what's interesting here, my daughter is three, and they're celebrating Earth Day today by, you know, re- bring, they, we had to bring in all kinds of crazy stuff, and I didn't send anything in because I'm like, I get rid of everything, so I don't have much usually that I want to throw away because I'm always getting rid of things. And Sierra's into it. She went through her DVDs last night, and I didn't know she was doing this, and pulled out three that she said she doesn't like, and she's taken them in for Earth Day. <laughs> <laughs> three. Good for her. Yeah, I mean, it's interesting. I think our younger generation is going to be so much more in tune than my generation, your generation, you know? Well, they're growing up with it. I mean, this is going to be a part of who they are. They call it upcycling the trash into products itself. It's really a great yeah. thing. I think, our yeah, it's they're thinking about our world and our garbage in such a different way. Well, also, and this, this, is what I, this is why I'm saying this to you, is because, you know, we think of the problem with green, and we've had a lot of people on the show who have written yep. books about going green, and it's up to women to go green because they buy most of the stuff, whether it's in the grocery store or clothes or household goods and stuff. But there's always that thing, you know, going green costs more money, it's expensive, I don't want to do it. You know, it's a whole attitude change that has to come about, and, and that's what's beginning to happen, so that you can be green and make a profit, there's a profit, there's businesses out there that can go green and make a profit, not that you have to sacrifice because a lot of businesses don't want to go green because they figure they're going to lose money rather than make money. Yeah, it's, it, I don't know, sometimes I think people think it's expensive, but I think it's expensive not to in the bigger picture. You yeah. know, how do we clean up our world? It's, that's, that's really expensive. Uh, yeah, I know. The whole thing is, but if you can translate, if you can actually take this stuff, this garbage, and make it into something that we buy, uh, people are going to buy your garbage. and Exactly. I love the different um, stars that are creating the earth-friendly bags. Have you seen that? Like Cheryl Crow did Whole Foods bags. So when you buy Whole Foods recyclable bags, Cheryl Crow was the designer of that bag. So they're using her name. If she really designed it, who knows, but they're using her name. I'm seeing that every grocery store I go in now, because now I'm, you know, between, I haven't been to Albany since last winter, so I haven't seen that one yet. But um, since this year, in Austin there's some, in California there's some. It's really interesting. So they're taking the concept, especially women, we love to get designer stuff. We can't get away from it. Even if we say we don't, we do. So they're making them like designer shopping bags. Exactly, designer grocery bags that you reuse. And I get frustrated. If I forget my recyclable bags, I get so frustrated because I don't want those plastic bags in my house. What you need to do is keep them in your car all the time. I do. I keep them in the car, but sometimes I forget them in the car, and then, you know, it's a pain when you're in there and you have a full thing to have to go back out to the car and get them. I mean, we're no, what's going to happen is, Lauren, when we really have come far is when we, they don't allow you to buy the, or use the plastic, when they're not asking plastic or paper, when you actually have to have one of those bags if you want to get your groceries. It's true. When it becomes not just you, the consumer, as being responsible for it, but the grocery stores themselves are going to have to be responsible. So they are going to provide you that's with those recycled with those bags that you have to that's all you can use. Well the next step and I think Whole Foods is doing it now is when I go to Whole Foods to shop if I don't bring my bags they let me have paper bags but they charge me for them. That's another way of doing it. If they yeah, yeah charging you. I, so I, I think was, that every I think that every business has to look at this. You know, not just bags, but you know every business needs to look at how can we be more responsible with our garbage. Yeah. It's Earth Day. So what else are you going to do for Earth Day? You know, my mother sent this great card to Sierra. I know we just got it in the mail. Matter of fact, I haven't spoken to her since we got it. Maybe she's listening and she'll hear this. But this card has seeds in it. So this is what we're going to do. This card is made of recycled paper, and it's all biodegradable. And there's seeds, in, like, embedded in the paper. 
And what you do is you, t- you rip the paper up in little shreds. Sierra will love doing that. And you plant it in the dirt and you cover it up and water it. And plants grow. Isn't that cool? That's, yes, I like that. That's very cool. Sierra doesn't get it yet. She's like, what? We're going to rip the paper up? She doesn't understand. <laughs> she will. So, She'll get it. She will get it. I mean, yeah. you can see the little seeds in it. It'll just take, but then they'll grow. And I thought that was such a, that was brilliant. Whoever thought of that was brilliant. I loved it. Very cool. I got something else for you. This is a book. What are you going to do for Earth Day? I'm going to talk to you, and I'm going to broadcast Earth Day on the show so that everybody will listen to that National Geographic uh, Garbage Moguls tonight at 9 p.m. Eastern. Excellent. And 9 p.m. Pacific time, too. So uh, how's that? That's 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 my contribution to Earth Day. Yeah. New book, Jeffrey Zaslow, the one who wrote the last lecture. Yes. Uh, about the professor who wanted to chronicle his whole life as he was dying, I think, from pancreatic cancer. And yeah. so he had Jeffrey Zaslow write the book with him, co-author it. And Jeffrey is the uh, Wall Street Journal writer. Well, he has written a new book, and it's called The Girls from Ames, A Story of Women and a 40-Year Friendship. I haven't heard about, about this. Yeah, it's about these 11 women from Ames, Iowa, who became friends when they were in elementary school and have remained friends till they are now 45, 46 years old, all of them. Interesting. And he, I can't put the, you know, I've read most of it, but uh, I, I, I really, I can't put it down. It's about women and relationships, and you're talking about 11 women who stayed connected and stayed together over all these years, you know, and of course now the Internet makes it easier for them to do that. But it's all about women's relationships and how, obviously are very different than men's relationships, but the book is great, and I, I recommend it. Uh, the Girls from Ames, and you should read it, A Story of Women in a 40-Year Friendship. It's great. And Jeffrey went out there, and he, I guess, for at least a year or maybe more, and spent, you know, two years with these gals. And, um, you know, the book is written. He's a man, so but he has three daughters. So I was really curious, you know, from a man's perspective, could he really get to, to, to you know, hone in on their relationships, their emotions. He did. He did a great job. But anyway, so that's a book I recommend to everybody and, and to you, too. I, you know, it's interesting. I'm wondering how – I'm curious to get it because the, he did such a great job helping the other guy do the last lecture. I love that book, and I love that whole story. And I'm wondering if there's any correlation because that book really launched that guy. Yeah, well, he has this ability to tell a great story, Jeffrey. So this is a different kind of story, obviously. Different kind of story. And his next story, this is a guy who picks out really interesting topics. He said, I should have been writing about uh, the Eisenhower years. But instead (laughs) I end up writing these, like, well, one was about the the professor who's dying of cancer, and this one is about women's relationships through the past 40 years, 35 years. The next book is going to be about Sully Sullenberger, you know, the pilot who landed the plane. Oh, my God, that's, the, a, yeah, that's a great story. I love that story. And uh, so that, I, he, at least that's what he told me, he said that was going to be his next his next book. So he picks these, like, really interesting topics. But if uh, ladies listening, I mean, if you just want to, this is a last cry. I opened, I read one chapter, I was sobbing. Oh, really? Um, yeah, I started crying. And I, I when I was, I, I said this to Jeffrey Zazel, I said, you know, I started reading it, it made me cry. Why? He said, because... The girls from Ames, those, that's your experience, too, and it reminds you of your experiences, and you tune into the emotions of it. So that's why you're crying, and I guess he's right. That's true. Interesting. Um, I, I'm, that's, a great, that's great. I'm going to go get it. I have to go get another book, too, today. 
Creatively Fit. I think it's called Creatively Fit. I'm going to go get that one, too. You're going to like that, I think. All right. Well, let's talk about that when uh, we come back because I'm getting uh, messages here. We have to uh, take a short break, as we always do. You're listening to Voice America Variety, and you can um, call Fox, your social worker, with a microphone, and Lauren Deller-Blake, my co-host at uh, 826-472-5787, questions, comments. Uh, We're going to go away for a few minutes, but we will be back. Talk, talk, talk. That's all we do is talk. If you'd like to talk, call us toll-free right now at 1-866-472-5787. 1-866-472-5787. That's it. VoiceAmerica.com. Total career success. What does it mean to you? Voice America presents a radio program dedicated to help you achieve your career goal. Even in times of economic uncertainty, you can achieve your financial goals. Whether you're a college grad, new in the working environment, or a top-level executive, you will benefit from the practical and proven advice on job search and career advancement. Join Ken and Cheryl Dawson every Monday at 9 a.m. Pacific, noon Eastern, for Total Career Success on Voice America. Are you ready to go green? You've asked, and we've heard you. Voice America presents the Green Talk Network. Environmental topics are at the forefront of our society, and the Green Talk Network is here to keep you up to date on the latest trends and new innovations for the eco-conscious lifestyle. We'll help promote a variety of ideas on the environment, from global warming issues to how you can become more eco-friendly in your daily activities. Be a part of the solution, not the problem. Visit the Green Talk Network page on voiceamerica.com and tune in to help spread the green. Want to have behind-the-scenes access to some of the greatest minds of today? On Shift in Action, we feature leading-edge innovators who are building a more conscious, sustainable, and healthy culture. Host Stephen Dynan offers live shows with evolutionary leaders such as Deepak Chopra, Van Jones, and others who are creating new paradigms for conscious living. You can keep your finger on the pulse of the latest frontier work with our weekly transmission of inspired wisdom on Shift in Action, broadcast live every Tuesday at 9 a.m. Pacific Time, noon Eastern Time on Voice America. The Internet's number one talk station. Number one talk station. VoiceAmerica.com You're listening to The Catherine Zox Show. If you'd like to join our conversation this morning, call now. The toll-free number is 866-472-5788. That number again is 866-472-5788. Back, I'm Catherine Zox, and it's the Catherine Zox Show with Lauren Beller Blake and VoiceAmericaVariety.com. By the way, you can listen to us not just uh, if you want to listen um, to us on other stations. We are our I don't know uh, at Voice America, but we're on not just on Wednesdays, but also on Thursdays and at different times. But because it's archived, you can listen to our show and download it anytime you want. And you can call us at. 866-472-5787, 866-472-5787. Lauren, you were just trying to tell me that you're launching your new website, and on the website, you, we were talking about like some of the stuff that, and we all have this, uh, our little secret things we do that we've been ashamed of. Does anybody, can you relate to that, or things that you wouldn't want to tell the world, although I don't, that uh, we... <laughs> In other words, my favorite things list? 
Well, I don't, yeah, tell us about your favorite things list. That's going to be on the website, right? Yeah, I was just what I was just saying is we were talking about stories that we don't really share so much that we try not to share, and I thought, you know, I need to share more about – We actually, you and I talked about this, about how Facebook is um, really making us – like the personal and business is coming together and sort of clashing, not in a bad way, not clashing, but coming together. Remember we talked about that last time? I want to say they have to be separate. You say they should be together. I say why I do, too, and why I try to keep it separate. It's like being schizophrenic. So, um, so that's a whole other story maybe yes. we should talk about. But anyway, I was saying how on my new website, which is not live yet, it will be live soon, that I'm trying to be more personable in it, and I listed my favorite things. One of them was I love embarrassing moments stories, but you have, to be te- you have to tell them with a cocktail in your hand because people are more apt to share the, the details of the story. What's your most embarrassing moment? Oh, I'm not sharing that right now. I don't have a cocktail in my hand. <laughs> what is your most embarrassing moment? Which I'm trying Wouldn't to that be like the best book? Yeah, I, it would be. A, I think there have been books about that. I think if you Google it, your most embarrassing moment, because uh, that, it seems to me, and I, I don't know, I, I mean, I couldn't, name the book for you, but I think that I have um, I, I have either read a book or seen it online, but your most embarrassing moment, um, I can, I probably have well, there was, there's three. a TV show, right? Embarrassing Moments. There, is there I didn't TV see show. it. Yeah. No, that's really why. Okay, well, are we going to get to see that on your website? No, you're going to talk about your favorite. You're going to make it positive. I'm making it, well, no, I'm not, I'm not sharing my embarrassing moments on my website, but I'm just saying that one of the things that I like personally is embarrassing moment stories. Yeah, because you can learn from them. You can learn from other people's embarrassing moments. Or just so, laugh your buns off. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Sometimes there's nothing for me to learn. I just want to laugh. That's true. <laughs> well, here's another one. This isn't exactly funny, but you know Bernie Siegel? Yeah. You know who he is? I do. Bernie Siegel, M.D.? Yeah, he's written tons of books. Yeah, he writes about uh, healing and cancer and specifically. That's what he—that's what he's become really famous for. I mean, he's like a grandfather now. He's like been doing this his whole life. I think he graduated from college in 1957, so he's had a lot of experience. But he has a new book also because you and I were talking about books: Faith, Hope, and Healing: Inspiring Lessons Learned from People Living with Cancer. And this is another great book because it has we're talking about people's stories, and you learn from people's stories. Other people's stories I find are so helpful to me. I can go to lectures, I can get information on the net, but when someone tells me a story, or so I much read better. about it, it is, and I yeah. read about someone's stories. Well, one of the things, and he's taught. He, I'm only bringing up cancer because I just know so many people, and a friend of mine was just recently diagnosed with cancer. Like he really talks about how you have to talk about healing and use positive words and, and nourishing and not necessarily curing, but you use words that are not the kinds of words that we still use today when we're talking about cancer, like the war on cancer, fighting cancer, a battle. It's always this... Like, always that. It makes me crazy. Aggressive stuff or somebody you read an obituary that says this person lost the battle with cancer. Exactly. It's horrible. It is horrible. I don't understand why we say it like that. I don't, like war on you, drugs. If you like the war on drugs, if you think positively, positively, um, and you have this positive imagery in your head, then you release certain chemicals in your brain, and that affects your recovery or the healing process. And if you think negative stuff like battle and war and fight, then it's going to be negative. 
Yeah, and you're going to negative, get and it will create a negative feeling inside our bodies, which yeah. is not healthy. Which is and, and physiological. He, re, I mean, you really actually have a physiological reaction, which is not a good one. It actually, um, there's been a lot of work that's, um, with this, both with Louise Hay and I can't think of another author, um, Carol Truman, and what they actually have researched over the years, not these particular women, but they've written about these things, is that the, at the cellular level, when you say positive things, your cells are different. This is like, it totally jazzes me because of my biology and psych degree. It's like my favorite two things to put together. And when we say positive things, our cells are literally different. Again, at the cellular level, they're different. The cells look different under a microscope. Yeah, which doesn't surprise me. I mean, do you ever like get into this? I sometimes, like, if I'll be upset about something and then I, 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 I get angry at someone and then I'll talk to Barry, my partner, and I'll, you know, I keep talking about it, negative, negative. I can actually, I can feel myself. Yeah. It's like, it's bad energy. It's it like really bad energy. bad energy. It's giving me a headache, energy? a stomachache. Why am I talking about this? This is not good for me. It's, it, it, and, and I can actually feel it. Yeah, it's exactly right. I also think that we have to be more conscious about, like, what are we putting our, when, we're, when there's these not-for-profit organizations and they're saying they're the war on drugs or whatever, I think we have to be thoughtful about where's the positive one? Where's the one that's putting their um, efforts towards peaceful communities? You know, to me that is, so, they're going to accomplish so much more. Yeah, we have to get, a, you're absolutely, I agree with you, got to get away from all of that. The imagery, the words we use, they affect the way in which we think and the way in which we act and, in ter- and also in terms of our, our health. I mean, if it's, if it's always, I, I, yeah, I mean, we really have to, we've only got three minutes left, but there's one other book I want to mention because it's called Eye of My Heart, Barbara Graham. This is for you baby boomer ladies out there. Eye of My Heart, 27 Writers Reveal the Hidden Pleasures and Perils of Being a Grandmother. This is all about baby boomer, baby boomer women becoming grandmothers, and it's like, whoa, it's one of those, oh, my God, how did I become a grandmother? And she kind of takes these, 27 famous women like Judith Viorst and, and, and many others, and they write their grandmother stories. Oh, uh, that's you know, you a ha- great book. Is that a good book? Interesting because you have these very powerful women who have been, uh, you know, baby boomer women out there working mothers, but then becoming a grandmother becomes a whole different thing than, say, when our mothers became grandmothers or, or generation before that. And all, they're just like new, different kinds of issues they have to wrestle with, which it's very, yeah, great book, another good book. So many great books out there. Yeah. So this is, uh, yeah, I recommend this book, too. You can buy this at bookstores everywhere and online. Um, but anyway, so Eye of My Heart. We've got two minutes left. What else do you want to say? I haven't said, And this actually, Barbara Graham, she writes for Glamour, National Geographic, and Vogue magazine. So she's had a lot of experience, and she's, uh, she's a, well, she edited this, so she picked out some really good writers. Um, I, want to say, I want to say it's Earth Day, so go be kind to our Earth. Be kind to our earth, or exactly, be kind to our earth. Think about it. Think about yeah. it, ladies. Yeah, when you go to the grocery store, not paper, not plastic, but use the earth-friendly. Get a designer's bag. Uh, less, less Ziploc bags, more Tupperware, because we reuse it over and over and over. Oh, if you go to Pink Magazine, go to their website today, because they talk about new green-friendly gadgets. Oh, I like that. Yeah, green-friendly gadgets, and... Uh, one of them is like some kind of a bottle. You know, people like like to drink seltzer water and stuff and all the good water, but it comes in those plastic bottles. This is another kind of bottle you can use so you can drink that stuff and still be earth-friendly. That was cool. one of the things. Two other gadgets. Can't remember what they were, but go to pinkmagazine.com and you can get earth-friendly gadgets. And 
Lauren and I are going to say goodbye. Have a great week, Catherine. Yeah, well, we've got, well, we still have 30 seconds left. (laughs) No, we don't. Uh, Okay, have a great week. Be Earth-friendly. Like you said, today is Earth-friendly day. I'm Catherine Zox, your social worker with a microphone, the Catherine Zox Show, voiceamericavariety.com. Have a, we'll say it again, have a great day. Be Earth-friendly, and we'll see you next week. hope you've enjoyed today's episode of the Catherine Zox Show. You can listen live every Thursday morning at 7 a.m. Pacific Time on the Voice America channel. Want to know more about Catherine? Visit her website at www.catherinezox.com. Be sure to join us next week for more interviews and great conversations with Catherine Zox.